I made my drink a little too strong. <laughs> <laughs> I drink vodka and I didn't have any vodka, so I had to use Parrot Bay and it's uh, very strong. Very strong. <laughs> All right. So what I'm hearing is that the discussion is going to get belligerent like towards I, the listen, end. I'm a big boy. It takes a <laughs> lot more than this uh, drink to get me fun. Takes more than one fucking parrot. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the King of Games 1992. I am your host, Shane Kosky. We are back at it again. If you have not listened to King of Games 2000, I don't know what you're doing with your life because you should probably go do that. I mean, you don't have to do it first, but it was out first. So check that out and then listen to this one. You know, it's fine. We got content for you for days is what I'm saying. Eventually, we're going to cover all of the important years. But right now we're here in 92. And I am joined by two very esteemed guests. I am with the one and only Ashton Ruby. Ashton, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. It's a good year. Lots of good games. So lots of good, good chats. Absolutely. On my, what I'm going to imagine is my, let's go with left. Yes, I like that. On my left. In this corner. We have Toby of the Secret Levels podcast. Toby, oh. what's going on with you? It's been a minute since I've talked with you. Not a lot's going on. It has been quite a long minute, a very slow, long minute. Yes, what the self calls a hot minute. Mm. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, now, in 92, I was only four. So uh, <sighs> this might be interesting, this whole year <laughs> of games. Yeah. Well, I think for, for, for all of us, these are games that we eventually got to play later on because i mean let's see what was it 92 so i was what six so yes. yeah yeah seven so yes ev eventually played <laughs> exactly we might have not been there for it but we were there relatively shortly after let's say let's say that <laughs> yeah the last one i was in i was the only one that had played the games when they actually were like relevant <laughs> so i'm the old man in the room uh how does that feel feels great <laughs> feels, feels how I feel I all can the hear time, the so. resignation in your voice. Yeah, I'm resigned to it. Uh, well, at any rate, if somehow you are not familiar with how these King of Games episodes go, allow me to enlighten you. I don't know why this is your first one, but you're you're <laughs> crazy and I love it, I guess. So essentially what we are doing is we have chosen a stable, let's say, of venerable video games from the year of 1992, and we are pitting them against one another in a very scientific bracketed tournament fashion to eventually lead us to a 100% objective decision on the very best game of the entire year. And so we uh, are, of course, talking today about X-Men Arcade, which is not the official title, but that's what I'm going to call it, and Soul Blazer. The way that we're going to break this down, again, entirely scientific um, and very purposeful, is, you know, we'll give you a little bit of an overview of both of these games, uh, some information about their critical reception, sales figures, things like that. Uh, we'll have a little bit of high level discussion. Uh, and then after the break, we're going to talk about these games uh, specifically in a handful of categories. So we're going to cover critical reception, personal attachment, the legacy, 
that these games have, and then head to head, which is not what you might think it is. It is instead, if you were to sit down right now and you were handed both of these games, which one would you choose to play today? That's what that one is. And of course, each one of us are going to have our own opinions and we will ultimately pick a winner, quote unquote, for each of these categories. We'll tally those up. We'll probably tell you what those tallies are, and then we'll probably throw them right out the fucking window because for the most part, (laughs) the points don't matter. (laughs) Because at the end of the day, we may pick a game that didn't actually get more points in these categories because you know what? It's our damn show and we'll do what we want. So there you go. Gentlemen, are you feeling good? You feeling ready to jump into some discussion of these two games? I am so excited to use my mutant abilities and my magic and swords to slice into this. Love it. Oh, I feel underprepared then because I didn't bring either of those things. (laughs) Can you top that, Ashton? (laughs) No, but I am interested to hear what you both have to say because I have I have thoughts on both. And well, that's good. Like I said earlier, I think this is a great year because there's a lot of interesting games to discuss and everybody that i've talked to or listened to so far has had sound logic and reasoning and has felt genuine so oh, i'm throwing all that out the window then <laughs> yeah sound logic all to say is that no matter what it's it's fun and it's a good time that's right you could spend your hour in worse ways <laughs> it's a low bar but yes i mean inevitably we have to get prepared for the twitter butt hurt because that's that's always going to happen uh, i avoid that all together <laughs> ironclad butts all right well i suppose let's uh let's talk a bit about what these games actually are all right so starting with x-men arcade so for those of you who do not know it is a side-scrolling beat-em-up for up to six players based on the marvel comics superheroes of the same name it was released in january of 1992 in japan with a worldwide release being seen in March. And it is developed and published by that company that definitely could do no wrong, or at least that's what we (laughs) thought in 1992, Konami. (laughs) Critical reception and sales of uh, X-Men Arcade are interesting in that they are difficult to find, mostly because for the vast majority of this game's lifespan, it was arcade exclusive. And so Things like game rankings aggregates, typically things that we use to sort of measure these things, are simply not available. However, there are a few things from uh, GameFAQs. They have some critic scores as well as user scores, although the numbers uh, are fairly low. They only have one critic score with a four out of five, so not exactly something (laughs) you can use objectively. And 23 user scores averaging out to a four and a half out of five, so not too bad. Other contemporaneous scores, Play Meter Magazine gave X-Men Arcade a 91% with Japanese publication Game Machine listing it as the third most successful table arcade unit and seventh most successful upright arcade unit for the month of August of 1992. I was going to ask if that was all time or of the year or what. That's specific. That month. (laughs) Uh, Yes, it was specifically August of 1992. (laughs) Interesting. All right. Just that one month, it was really popular. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's summer vacation, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. Not in Japan, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. They don't get that. (laughs) Oh, that's a good point. All right, well, fine. Fuck it. That's my Amerocentric bullshit just getting (laughs) thrown in here. That's good. Yeah, that's a good point, though. I'm glad you pointed that out. I have to 
check my privilege or something. Anyway, <laughs> there are some other awards that X-Men Arcade received. It was nominated for the Most Played Dedicated Game and Most Innovative New Technology Awards at the 1992 AMOA Game Awards Ceremonies. If you're not familiar with what AMOA <laughs> is, and I'd be surprised no. if you didn't, it is the Amusement and Music Operators Association. Uh, well, I'm not mm. sure if they're even still around. Interesting. They apparently... We're big enough to have game awards at the time. Neat. They were also inducted into GameSpot's greatest games of all time list in 2004. And as far as actual sales numbers are concerned, the exact cabinet figures are, as I said, pretty hard to come by. But in the U.S., uh, X-Men was the top grossing deluxe arcade cabinet on the replay charts for basically half the year in 1992 as well as earning a spot in the top five highest grossing dedicated arcade games of 92, according to the aforementioned AMOA. All right, so before we move on to Soul Blazer, let's have a little bit of just high-level discussion about X-Men Arcade for those of you who uh, may not be familiar or were not there to experience it at the time. So anything that you guys would like to kind of touch on here, or I can just keep rambling. One interesting thing I sort of a fun fact maybe was that in looking into the game uh, apparently they had based a lot on an x-men cartoon mm -hmm. but not the one that was in my experience more popular that was like going on when i was growing up and everybody kind of watched there's actually one earlier that the developers kind of drew their inspiration from with the art style and just kind of the overall vibe and I actually had on VHS, <laughs> like the first episode or first two episodes or whatever. And I didn't realize that till I was looking into it, that generally it's based on the comic books. But specifically, there was this cartoon that had Colossus was in it and Nightcrawler and Wolverine with a thick Australian accent, which is fucking oh, it's awesome. Thick. Yeah, it's so thick. <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't know. I think that's a little kind of fun fact that there's, you know, of course, now even there's even more iterations of the X-Men and movies and cartoons and stuff. Back when I was growing up and when this was current, there was only the two I could think of. And this was actually based on the the lesser known one or shorter yeah, run, that's I guess. The Pride of the X-Men is what right. it was called. Yes. And I yes. Had, that's what it's called. I had that VHS also. And if you have like the uh, X-Men animated series like DVDs, it's on as a bonus feature on uh -huh. one of the DVDs. So... It is a two-parter, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's... So they get the same color scheme from that cartoon. That's why Wolverine's wearing the, the brown instead of the yellow and blue. And mm -hmm. uh, they that was the basis. I think that they thought they were going to go real hard with a complete full series on that specific Pride of X-Men. And uh, yeah, it didn't happen. <laughs> right. Well, it's funny because I, I made a note of that as well, just because I found it so interesting that evidently video game dev shops at the time got a whole lot of mileage out of one pilot episode <laughs> for X-Men yeah. because it was not only this game, it was actually three different games that were directly inspired wow. by that one pilot episode. Hmm. Truth be told, the, the two prior to X-Men Arcade were somewhere between like passable and called by many to be one of the worst superhero games of all time <laughs> at that time. So take that how you will. Is that the NES one? It is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Go figure. Uh, so as far as the game itself goes, right? So it is, like I said, it is a side-scrolling beat-em-up. It's, I'll just be honest, I think just objectively this game 
has like damn near everything I think a kid in 92 would have really wanted from an arcade game. It's got these huge hyper detailed sprites of the X-Men, like all of the environments are incredibly varied, very bright, colorful, with a lot of active elements in each of the stages, too, which is really, really cool. I want to give a special nod on that point, actually, to the just screen filling sentinels that pop up in the background in the jungle <laughs> island stage yeah. yes that's just fantastic and you know the other thing is it had very very easy to understand controls like when you rolled up to that cabinet right it's basically a joystick and three buttons you got like jump attack and then your mutant power and that's pretty much it you're like good to go and giant arrows that tell you what it does <laughs> huge yeah. arrows printed on it yeah exactly <laughs> on all six consoles <laughs> yeah just in case you didn't see one right yeah yeah and i mean as i pointed out now granted keep in mind your experience may have varied with this because the six player cabinet was not the only one there were different variations of this true true i i don't know about you guys but the you know without going too much into the personal stuff but the only one i ever saw out in the wild was the big ass six player cabinet with like the the double screens same See, I only ever saw the the four player cabinets and it's Mm. just been in recent years with barcades being a popular thing that I've seen the six player cabinets with the double screens and stuff. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I don't I'm trying to I'm trying to remember and I don't think even even now I'm not sure if I recall seeing anything other than the, the, the big six player one. And it's funny because, of course, when you're in an arcade as a kid, like you don't really know or particularly give a shit, I guess. But from a technical (laughs) perspective, I mean, that's why the game, you know, got that nomination for most innovative arcade game at that time was because it wasn't actually a wide screen in there. It was a mirrored screen in the Mm -hmm. bottom of the cabinet that was simulating a two screen, like widescreen setup, which was pretty novel for the time. Right. I don't think it was the, at least one video I saw, it wasn't the first to do it, Mm -hmm. but probably one of the first to do it like really well and be as popular (laughs) i think in the video they you know jokingly said inspired by (laughs) (laughs) and i suppose before we move on to our rundown on soul blazer i would be remiss if i did not mention the fantastic voice acting (laughs) that is in x-men arcade oh and who can forget the most famous quote welcome to die die. (laughs) (laughs) there's actually another like variation on that same thing when you fight the white queen Mm -hmm. as a boss she's just something like i am the white queen and i welcome you to die (laughs) it's fantastic i love it that's funny i was wondering about that i don't know where in the episode we (laughs) discussed this but well there it is like was it just a technology limitation like they record it no well, sometimes no, it sounds absolutely like- not. Don't try to give them like leeway on this one, Ashton. That's just bad writing. Hold them accountable. Yes, there's right. that clearly. Uh, I mean, I have heard stories of like weird localizations where they're like, no, don't translate it to make sense. You translate the words verbatim and then send us the file or whatever. <laughs> Can you just imagine being the voice actor yeah. in there, though? Just be like, you want me to read Welcome to Die? Okay. Sure. Yeah. Is there a paycheck? <laughs> Maybe it was a really long quote or something, and they were like, oh, this doesn't all fit. Let's just cut cut it down right. to, That's what to this. <laughs> I think it's that, or some of the lines, they really sound like almost a Microsoft Sam, like they had them record words. 
that they could that is piece true. together to sound like a sentence and you know <laughs> syntax be damned this is this will get the point across <laughs> <laughs> well especially especially in the final boss fight with magneto too that's like yeah, it's exactly. readily apparent there yeah the words are like clipping together and yep. i'm pretty sure he calls you an ex chicken <laughs> at some point <laughs> if i'm not mistaken yep uh anyway all right i suppose we should probably move on to the 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 next one the the contender as it were yes but also great voice acting <laughs> yeah yeah all right so the next one of course is soul blazer soul blazer is an action rpg where the player takes on the role of servant to an entity known as the master tasked with destroying the monster armies of the antagonist and incredibly creatively named death toll and releasing the captured souls of the world's inhabitants. Soul Blazer was released on January 31st in Japan, November 27th in North America, and sadly, <laughs> PAL regions did not get this until 1994. So they had a little little ways to wait there. The game was developed by Quintet, who uh, one might also know as being the developer of Shenmue on the Sega Dreamcast. And it was published by Enix before they became the, the conglomerate and mighty Squeenix. As far as critical reception and sales are concerned, we do have some more um, actual solid numbers here. So we have a game rankings aggregate of 86%, so pretty decent. On the game facts front, we have a critic score of 4.28 out of 5 with a 4.19 out of 5 user score. There are six critic scores there and 26 user scores all together. Some contemporaneous scores of the time, Dragon Magazine gave it a 3 out of 5 stars, EGM, or Electronic Gaming Monthly, gave it a 33 out of 40, uh, Japanese Famitsu gave it a 32 out of 40, Game Informer clocked in with a 25 and 3 quarters out of 30, very scientific, and Nintendo Power gave it a 3.9 out of 5. Um, regarding any awards the game might have been given, it was uh, awarded the EGM Editor's Choice Gold Award, with one of their reviewers claiming that it is as challenging as Link to the Past, but more fun to play. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get back to that point a little bit later. <laughs> IGN has ranked it. Now, of course, this is a little bit later, I believe, but I don't think by much, but IGN ranked it as the 76th out of 100 in the top SNES games of all time list that they put together. Mm -hmm. And UK Gaming Magazine Total gave it its 35th spot in their top 100. And finally, for sales numbers, uh, Quintet self-reported that they had sold 200,000 units in Japan, with 70,000 in North America and 25,000 in Europe for a grand total of 295,000 copies worldwide. All right, so what you guys know about Soul Blazer? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Never played this game before this was brought to my attention. Great. I didn't know of its existence or anything. Well, I guess we know your personal experience is done. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I, maybe. No spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I played the shit out of this game, actually and i'll get definitely more into that but uh other people on this uh collaboration event have mentioned their love of rpgs in the 90s and 2000s and i'm among them and i think i might be the second episode where i'm the only one who played the game before <laughs> two weeks ago whatever 
All right, so uh, let's let's discuss a little bit as far as what Soul Blazer actually is. So we've kind of we've touched on X Men Arcade and uh, you know the ins and outs of that one. Now Soul Blazer, as I mentioned, is an action RPG. Some things that I pointed out that I just wanted to cover here in this like high level discussion before we go into our categories. I have to give the game credit for this like ingeniously addictive gameplay loop that they've figured out with it. Mm-hmm. It's heavily reminiscent of Gauntlet. First of all. You end up getting this like constant drip feed of dopamine through destroying waves of monsters and then the spawn point that they're coming from as this doesn't only permanently clear all that from the area, but then also causes parts of the destroyed villages to be rebuilt and townsfolk and animals and like random flowers and other things to I was about to uh, say flowers <laughs> yeah <laughs> to reappear dancing flowers and sleeping flowers that's right yeah i just thought the pacing was incredibly well done because you always feel like you're making progress like little by little throughout the entirety of the game mm-hmm. which i think is fantastic yeah that's a good point because I, I did play it a little bit but I, the pacing you're right you do constantly feel like something is happening you're getting rewarded for the things that you do okay i agree the Dragon Magazine. Mm. Are you either of you familiar with Dragon Magazine at all? No, negative. Some. Yeah, it's a Dungeons and Dragons magazine. Mm-hmm. And when you said it, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Clearly, I didn't really look through the notes ahead of time. But <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm glad like, that's I, coming out now. Actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't know they reviewed video games, but sure enough, I found it online, archived to this issue number 200. There you go. They talk about this video game. That's that's kind of funny. But I can definitely see the overlap. Oh, yeah. Not just it being kind of a role playing game as it is. But uh, this is like, you know, before the Internet, you know, we need we need to pad as much as we can in this niche (laughs) (laughs) publication. Uh, So why not add two pages in an advertisement for Soul Blazer? Yeah, I guess there's there's only so much you can say about Thacko, right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Anyway, that was my I didn't know this before today and now i know it there you go everybody that's the the more you know segment exactly of the episode (laughs) i would also and i want to see if you guys agree with me on this one i i feel like maybe it's a little it's a a little bit of a spicy take you know not maybe a little little habanero a little bit but i dare say that this has some metroidvania elements to it oh yeah I see because it. there are certain areas in earlier levels that are almost well not almost they're entirely inaccessible until you obtain a certain item or a certain weapon later in the game, and then you have to come back and explore that area that you were at previously. Yeah, a lot of back and forth. Mm-hmm. A lot of back and forth. Mm. Well, we could have a whole podcast on <laughs> what does Metroidvania even mean? <laughs> yeah, I guess I never thought of it that way, but because in a sense, it's not like you're exploring a whole new region and like a whole new area and the game progresses after you've unlocked this thing. It's more like you can well, now. It, it kind of does, though. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you're right. I take that back. <laughs> I guess I was thinking of it as more of a completionist, you know, like to collect all the uh, sigils or whatever they are. Oh, well, that thing was horseshit. I just <laughs> <laughs> like, listen, overall, I actually inc- really enjoyed my time playing this game. But that one part, it's not necessary, granted, like right. it's not required to finish the game. But the fact that those sigils were just literally invisible and you just had to walk over a certain tile tucked away in a corner of a level somewhere <laughs> was um, it was interesting. I mean, I, I'll give them credit, right, that I think almost if not all of those sigils had 
actually pretty clear hints from NPCs as to where you could find them. So it wasn't like a, you know, Simon's quest scenario of just like, what, how the fuck did that translate to kneel against a wall? Yeah, good point, though. All right. So there are a couple other points I wanted to touch on um, about Soul Blazer before we take a quick break and then we will come back and we will start our categorical discussion in earnest. I did want to point out that I just I actually really liked the fact that you could not buy gear in this game like a lot of other RPGs, even contemporaneous ones at the time. Everything is found in the world or given as like a quest reward from somebody. Right. And so. There are three main categories. You've got your swords, your armor, and then your magic spells. And there are only eight of each of those in the entire game, which to me made it feel like each new piece was like that much more meaningful. So I was genuinely like hype when I found or got a new one, which frankly is not something that I can say for a lot of other games that tend to just like drown you in this like deluge of loot and yes i know that fucking diablo 2 is one of my favorite games and it does that but (laughs) we're not going to talk about that right now point is is i actually really appreciated it it's kind of like we i think at least ashton i know i think you and i have had this discussion before but i think both of you can kind of relate right in that when we were younger unless we were chris who had three consoles at christmas and he's bougie we uh (laughs) you know, only had a very small selection of games as a child to play. And so you cared for and treasured those and held them in much higher esteem than we do now, where most of us have a steam backlog of like a couple hundred games that at the end of the day, maybe we actually don't really give a shit about. Preach. You had a much smaller library just because, you know, parents buying the games or whatever. So you would play them to death and you would learn to love them uh, like in case uh, Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. Like I thought, Hey, I loved Bubsy when I was a kid, when we played it for our oh, no. show. Yeah. I, I realized, Oh, Oh, it, it was Stockholm syndrome. Yes. hundred percent. You're so, like, did I have a bad childhood? <laughs> was I abused by playing this game? Were my parents the bad guys? <laughs> They did buy me the game. They hated me. Yeah. So you kind of, yeah, you have a a way different perspective when, when you have a big backlog of games like we do now, like we can, we can emulate if we wanted to all these games and we're like, "Eh, that doesn't look that great. Like we don't have to play it because of nostalgia purposes or something, you know? Sure. Plus we're, we're adults and we value our time, the very little free time we have because of working like an adult so yeah yeah also i think there's there were other sort of i don't know what you call it limiters or gatekeepers like i think my experience with this game was actually more of like we rented it consistently and it was more of the scarcity of like we would go on saturday rent a game because the place was closed on sunday so that was like our weekly thing so like this was gonna be you know a good part of our weekend like which game we were going to play. And yeah, we would similarly, you know, play the shit out of it because we got two days to play this game and get through it and then return it and hope nobody else rents it and saves over our save file. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so whether it was the amount of games we had or at least had access to or could borrow. Yeah, it was three ways to kind of skin the same cat, you know, but ultimately coming down to it was the scarcity of games back then 
And so we could only play the games that were at the arcade or pizza shop that we went to or that we owned or could rent or could borrow. Yeah, for sure. That's that's actually my experience with a few uh, PlayStation one games because I never owned a PlayStation. So we, we rented a console fairly often when you could do wow. that. Interesting. Yeah, that's that was my introduction to things like Resident Evil, whereas trying to play it as much as possible before I had to return it to Blockbuster on Monday. All right. Well, I think that brings our initial discussion of these two games to a close. So as I said, we are going to take a quick break and then we will be back to uh, start doing the, the, the dirty business of grading these games and giving them the points that definitely are important and actually matter. <laughs> so we will be back shortly. We are back, and hopefully you are too. And we are going to begin our discussion of uh, the four very important and highly scientific categories that we have chosen for these King of Games tournaments. And we are going to start things off with our takes on the critical and commercial reception for both of these games. And so I believe I am going to go ahead and start things off with Toby. So, Toby, what are your thoughts? on critical reception for X-Men and Soul Blazer and which one is going to get your vote. Okay. So, I mean, I don't remember reading anything about Soul Blazer. Now, I did have comics I feel like had advertisements for the X-Men game, of course, you know, advertising their own stuff. Mm -hmm. I remember seeing the box of Soul Blazer as a kid, like at the Blockbuster or wherever. I just, I feel like I, I knew more of X-Men. Now, that's because I was a superhero kid, watched all the cartoons and read comics and had the action figures. I feel like, overall, I feel like X-Men is a more recognizable property. It's hard to, it's really hard to compare because one is an arcade machine and one is, you know, something that we can kind of see what the figures are overall. I think I'm, I mean... I just when you said that it uh, the Soul Blazer, you said it made some kind of top 100 list, right? It made a couple, actually. Yeah, I, I, think. I just if I would have saw this on a top 100, I'd have been like, really? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> so, I, so I don't know. I don't know if that's just because of me being micro focused on superheroes and stuff and not like giving other stuff like Soul Blazer a chance. I just I would have questioned that. And I, I, I just think. Any kid that's going to a, a, a pizza spot or an arcade or, you know, a bowling alley and they see X-Men, they're going to be like, I need a quarter. So this one's really hard to, to judge like that because they are on totally different kinds of platforms. But I think I think the X-Men arcade, that's just me, though. That's I feel like it's a recognizable property. There were some like other games with that style of the characters, even though the the animation fell through and there was only two episodes, <laughs> obviously the VHS got out. You know, <laughs> there's two of us right now that that have already talked about owning it. So I think I think X Men wins that one. All right? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, X Men takes the first one, probably, kind of, sort of. All right, Ashen, <laughs> what are your thoughts? Quite similar, actually, to Toby's. To be honest, um, that this is kind of a tougher one because they're 
definitely isn't a clear one because there isn't like a strong one, I guess. Uh, I don't know where these seated in our tournament and if that matters. Nothing matters. Yeah. Actually, you know that. <laughs> I do know that. <laughs> I'm going to go with X-Men also. Probably similar reasons to Toby, but thinking more of the specific games rather than franchise or IP. I don't know. For some reason, I was just thinking that I, if I had to guess, I don't know what I'm basing this on, but I would imagine the arcade market being a bit tougher as a business has to like fork over how much to invest in this big ass thing that takes up floor space in their store or arcade or whatever. But for it to be, you know, a sort of public entertainment system and to be recognized in top games or top arcade cabinets uh, and to be just kind of a fun game. Anyway, long story short, uh, I'm going to also give it to X-Men sort of by default, I guess. All right. Well, that leaves just me. As far as the critical reception front for both of these, you know, for Soul Blazer, I think the review scores were, you know, generally favorable. You know, they averaged out to like an 86, which is nothing to sneeze at. But I feel like perhaps we're a bit more middling than maybe even the game deserves, just in in my opinion. But, you know, such as it is, I guess. This is the part where I wanted to circle back real quick, though, just just to just to drive the point home that at least one person in reviewing this game <laughs> claimed that Soul Blazer was essentially a better link to the past. And I just I know that that is going to make some people so mad. And I'm happy about that. <laughs> Please be mad. Yes. And here's my take on it. Right. Given how engaging I thought the gameplay loop of Soul Blazer was, and how relatively easy it is to pretty much do and see everything in that whole game without consulting a guide or a walkthrough. It's all fairly straightforward. And the fact that unlike some other game, I never felt like Soul Blazer overstayed its welcome. I can't necessarily yeah. disagree with that assessment. Now, having said all of that, swapping over to X-Men Arcade, though the numbers were not, you know, super clear, it's fairly obvious Anyway, just from, as Ashton said, you know, those the awards that it was nominated for slash given, uh, as well as just the fact that it had been recognized as, you know, one of the top grossing arcade cabinets and, and things like that. And just just the fact that, like, it's a pretty safe call, even anecdotally, to say that this game is well liked and very well received by damn near everybody. Yeah, I think X-Men Arcade is going to get a clean sweep in the critical reception category because I am I am giving it to it. Yep. Welcome to die. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Yeah. All right. So moving down the list, let's talk a little bit about our own personal attachments and which one uh, we feel more strongly for. So let's go ahead and start with Ashton on this one. So I'll start with X-Men. I use the pizza shop not out of. Uh, I don't know, randomness or irony. That was the truth. We would go to this uh, pizza shop every Friday after the football games uh, as part of the marching band. And they had X-Men Arcade. There were two places I played arcade cabinets. One was a roller rink that I don't think had X-Men, but they had Turtles and Simpsons and Mortal Kombat. But this pizza shop had a couple pinball machines and they had X-Men. While I don't have a ton of memories like playing through it or even getting very far in it, I definitely remember it being there and being kind of still back in the 90s, 2000s when nerddom was more niche than it is now. 
actually, you know, one who played video games and knew who all the X-Men were and actually was familiar with the Dazzler <laughs> and owned the pride of the X-Men VHS copy. Yeah, we, we were lame before it was cool. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah that was my experience playing it actually as the arcade i don't think i ever owned any of the ports that eventually came out i tried playing it now which i'll talk more on later and had some issues with it but that was my personal experience in the actual physical arcade cabinet was at the pizza joe's in Elwood city and then soul blazer Played a lot, definitely played through it. I can't remember if we ever actually owned it. I know we rented it a little bit and I had played through the game at least once, if not a few times, uh, but really enjoyed it. Did feel like it was a lesser known title. Some of my other friends who were also, you know, pretty heavily into role-playing games uh, were somewhat familiar with it or we would, you know, recommend titles to each other. Mm. Uh, so my brother and I definitely played through this a few times. The music and the graphic style, they stuck with me for a long time. Like if anybody had said, sing me a song or sing me the town theme from Soul Blazer, I probably could have done it at any time <laughs> in my life. You know, Given my affinity to role-playing games and the Super Nintendo and that it being sort of a lesser known hidden gem. I know some people don't like that term, but <laughs> and a fan of the whole series, which we'll get into a little bit later. Uh, I'm going to give this personal attachment. That's the category we're on, right? <laughs> yeah. God, I hope so. <laughs> Sorry, I got a little lost there. <laughs> yes, uh, mine's going to go to Soul Blazer for this one. I think because I consider myself both a uh, comic book superhero X-Men fan and a role-playing video game fan, but I would say more so, if I had to pick one, a RPG nerd video gamer. Uh, so I'm going to go with Soul Blazer for personal attachment. All right. Fantastic. Well, I will go ahead and go next and then we'll let Toby close this category out. So my personal attachment, let's begin with X-Men Arcade. So as I sort of alluded to prior to the break, uh, the six player cabinet version of this was something that I was familiar with. It was in my local arcade, which is called the Dream Machine, which is a fantastic name. Unfortunately, they're no longer there, but this was, it was hard to ignore, man. Like it was just this big friggin' cabinet that was like at least twice the size of all the other ones. Yeah. You know, it was this bombastic looking thing. And the whole thing about it was just amazing at the time, right? Like just like the the sprites that are in the game and the environments and everything, it was just this huge, colorful thing. And the game itself, you know, as we said, was somewhat technically impressive, you know, with the sort of like simulated widescreen effect for that six player cabinet. Totally. Um, and so I made a point of like playing this pretty much any chance that I got when we went to the arcade. Typically, my parents would take my brother and I to the arcade as like a reward for doing well in school. And, and actually part of that was because the Dream Machine did a thing where like you could bring in your report card and for like every A that you had or whatever, they'd give you like free tokens, which was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which may or may not have been part of the reason that I did all right in school. It was mostly just because I was motivated by it works going to play video games. Totally. I mean, listen, man, like I'm just saying we should bring some of these things back. I, I got good grades because I got to play arcade games. And then I read a shitload of books because I could go get free pizza. pizza, pizza yeah, just saying. But at any rate, that, that's basically my <laughs> personal experience. And honestly, anytime I come across an X-Men arcade cabinet, like if we're going to a barcade around here locally or what have you, I pretty much always have to at least throw a few quarters into it and play because it's just it's a it's a good time. And assuming you have enough 
quarters slash tokens to burn. I mean, you can play through this game in about 30 minutes, which is not too bad. Yeah. You know, you can feel accomplished about it and then go back to your pizza and or beer or what have you. So there you go. As far as Soul Blazer goes, um, quite the opposite. In fact, I had never even heard of this game <laughs> for quite a long time, actually, um, which probably shouldn't be surprising if you've listened to our show at all. Um, I just didn't have a lot of visibility into JRPGs at this particular point in time. Um, I was far too into stuff like Mario and Ninja Turtles and Contra 3, which is something I'm mentally preparing myself to be emotionally heartbroken about (laughs) later in this tournament. And I will say, though, that having played all the way through this game for this episode, I, I really actually wish that I had known about it back then. Yep. Because I am fairly confident that it would have ended up being one of my favorite games of that era had I known about it then, especially considering, as we were discussing earlier, you only had so many games to play. So it was very likely if I had owned this, I would have played through it a bunch of times and I probably would have had a ton of nostalgia for it. So having said all of that, though, probably isn't terribly surprising that for me, this is one is going to go to X-Men Arcade because I have a lot of great personal memories with it at the at the arcade in my hometown as a kid. So and you owe your scholastic and future success to it. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Everything that I am today is because of X-Men Arcade. (laughs) Thanks, Dazzler. (laughs) Welcome to success. Well, okay. I'm going to start with uh, Soul Blazer because <laughs> I had no experience with this. But let me uh, tell you that my personal experiences with RPGs in general growing up, I just had a hard time putting that much time and effort into any kind of RPG. So RPGs were just always off the table for me because I was a little shit kid. I needed action. (laughs) I needed stuff happening. I needed stuff flying at me. I needed to jump over stuff. And (laughs) RPGs were just slow pace. Give you the story. Give you the atmosphere. I didn't care about all that. I just wanted blowing up stuff, killing things. (sighs) So I don't have any experience (laughs) with this Soul Blazer game. But X-Men has all (laughs) those things. Yeah, all those boxes. (laughs) Oh, And it's characters I recognize. I used to see this game at, there was an arcade that I used to go to when I was a kid. There's multiple pizza places that I've seen it at, you know, growing up. Anytime I saw it, oh, it was at the bowling alley. I spent Mm. so much money. My parents would go bowling every like Tuesday or Wednesday. And I would spend so much money at that cabinet. And I would try to get other kids to play with me because we had four people. We have to be four of the X-Men and whoop some ass. Yep. (laughs) One of my favorite things is I I used to do a paranormal podcast and uh, I love cryptids and stuff. Oh. Mm. Wendigo. Wendigo! (laughs) (laughs) That has stuck with me my whole life. So anytime like we would cover any kind of Wendigo story, that would instantly go, Wendigo! Just him saying his own name. And I've played it, and he doesn't say it as often as I remember him saying it as a kid. In my head, he said it like every two seconds. So I love that, that I've I've got this alternate history in my head of Wendigos. All the characters are great. They're big. It's so much fun that you get to use powers. So, I mean, my, my personal experience goes to, you know, 
X-Men because uh, I got I feel like I've got a lot of experience. Just all those bowling nights, just trying to get kids I didn't know. Hey, come play this. Like, here's a quarter. Like a dummy giving away my quarters That's to get other kids to play. Giving away quarters. Wow. All right. 90s are different times. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I won't give anyone a quarter. Those are my quarters. <laughs> Did anybody even have quarters anymore? Oh. <laughs> are quarters still a currency? <laughs> Do the, does it take debit cards? Uh, yeah. No. Uh, so, yeah, definitely 100% goes to uh, X-Men on this one for me. All right, cool. So now I have this headcanon of Toby as a kid just like jumping over the couch and karate kicking the cat while watching Power Rangers or something. <laughs> Not too far off. Not too okay. far off. Yeah, I like it. If I had nice. a cat, that would have been me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Contextually, I want everybody to understand that Ashton just said, if I had a cat, I would have kicked it. <laughs> yeah, well, seven. <laughs> <laughs> it was a different time. Exactly. Yeah. We didn't wear helmets. <laughs> That's my go-to for some reason. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, we are halfway through our categories, so let's move on to legacy. I will start this one off and let's start with Soul Blazer. Why not? Soul Blazer is part of what I, I think is colloquially known as. I don't think this is an official title. I'm, I'm sure Ashton might be able to check me on that one, but it's known as the Soul Blazer series. This includes Act Razor before it. And then followed by the likes of Illusion of Gaia and Terra Nigma a few years afterwards. Yep. I personally have not heard much from anyone uh, about Soul Blazer. I think Toby also mentioned that earlier. Yeah. And so it's like hard for me to really gauge the game's like lasting legacy and impact. Um, or it could be that the lack of recognition might be in and of itself kind of an indication, I guess. And on some level, it's kind of a bummer. And I don't want to call it like fucking underrated or whatever, or like the, the hidden gem thing. Because <laughs> uh, listen, man, like influencers and, and YouTube video game pundits and whoever else love to overuse those terms just to get views. They're just like, you, yeah. you need to know about this underrated RPG. And I'm like, okay, fucking whatever. But I genuinely actually think that Soul Blazer didn't get the recognition that perhaps it deserved because it is a solid game. I had a ton of fun playing it. It was one of those ones that I even told this to Chris, by the way, in our discord while I was playing it. I'm like, you know, man, even running a retro video game podcast, it is rare that I go back to some of these older titles that I didn't play, you know, back in the day and they really grab me. Like a lot of mm. the times it's, it's hard to get back into them. You know, it's just age, what have you. Yeah. But this was one of those games. Like I fired it up and I was immediately like, Oh shit. All right. I know, I know what's going on here. And I didn't put it down. Like, and I finished it in a matter of maybe a week or so just playing it, you know, at night or whatever. So it's it's kind of a bummer that I think the the legacy portion here, maybe the game didn't get what I think it probably deserved to get on the X-Men front. You know, uh, I mean, man, what is there to say really? Right. Like, I, I don't think you can make a direct like legacy argument for this game as far as like what what, what it left behind or like the impact or whatever, as far as other games taking inspiration. Um, I think that's a little more nebulous, but there are two like pretty important key points that I consider here. 
So it was arguably the first good X-Men video game, <laughs> which was like sorely needed after that LJN NES yeah. effort that we talked about before. And it's like widely regarded as one of the best arcade beat em ups of all time, like even to this day by a vast majority of people. And so I think the fact that you're like hard pressed to find someone who played this game in the arcade and somehow walked away with like a negative opinion of it, I think that says a lot. This game is universally liked by just about everyone. And I think from just a, a video gaming zeitgeist sort of point of view, I think that legacy in and of itself is actually pretty notable. And so for those reasons, I am going to give it to X-Men Arcade. All right, let's go with spinning the imaginary roulette wheel. Ashton, <laughs> what are your thoughts? Mm, you took all the good points. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I know these are... As far as the categories are concerned, we're all sort of subjective to decide how we want to how we want to roll with it. Sure. Because, yeah, you can either sort of think of the X-Men game and its sort of role in its in X-Men in general or X-Men and video games and all that. Um, as far as legacy for Soul Blazer. Yeah, I would. If I had to think of anything, think of this sort of Soul Blazer series. Mm hmm. You know, Razor and Illusion of Gaia to a sadly lesser extent, Terranigma. <laughs> uh, yeah, again, I, I sort of feel similar to the first category. Uh, as far as the critical reception, there's just not like a strong standout or I think even a great argument to be made for anything. Like, do either of them really have a legacy? <laughs> Ash is like, why the fuck are we even here? What are we even doing? <laughs> Not exactly, but yeah. <laughs> but no, kind uh, of. Okay. No, I mean, as far as the legacy of the two games, I think there's a stronger argument to be made for the X-Men arcade cabinet for a lot of reasons. It was a good game and memorable, which is kind of a standout in the slim selection of arcade games we were exposed to. Soul Blazer is a really good game. You know, sort of the first, yeah, the first in its kind in this series, but that series is not continued. Mm -hmm. So it has a legacy in the sense of, yeah, you have to go back to these games. I appreciate that point that you said, Shane, about going back to a game you hadn't played and actually like enjoying it and that it's rare. Like, I think that's yeah. a really strong argument for Soul Blazer. And even though I had played both of these games and I replayed a little bit of them, for this episode that, yeah, I did enjoy Soul Blazer. There is a little bit lost once you've sort of revealed all the things. Once you've gone through one playthrough and you know what's going to happen when you step on the little green dot. Right. <laughs> like that reveal is only kind of a, the first time it happens is the only exciting part. If for some sure. reason you missed one, your first playthrough, you might find a new one, but it's kind of a one and done thing. Yeah. Again, it's this hard pick for me. I think without, you know, when I get to this point, I sometimes just try to like not think about it and just answer. Uh, I would probably give it to X-Men more for its, I don't know, uniqueness in the sort of less options as far as any Super Nintendo game you could play versus any arcade game you could play and which one is sort of more known and more highly regarded as a good game. I would probably give it to X-Men. All right. Well, that is two for X-Men in the legacy category. So, Toby, are we making this a clean sweep or not? So I have a question to ask. Hmm. 
Has Soul Blazer been on any kind of collection since I'm not real familiar with, I don't know, y'all were saying all the games names and it sounded like y'all were casting a spell. I don't know all those games. <laughs> Is there any kind of collection, you know, that's been brought to like PS4 or anything more modern with Soul Blazer and its uh, accompanying games? I do not believe so. Hmm. <laughs> Is that right? No, the closest, the far distant <laughs> closest thing is that they remade Akrazer recently. Mm, that's and not so Blazer though, is that it? That is in the series and it's a quintet mm. game and it opens the door for a possible mm. remake, but that's mm, <laughs> the but, but strongest they, but the, poor but argument. Have they remade Soul Blazer? <sighs> no. I, I hear silence. I'm, <laughs> I, I don't I think so. A very quiet what, I, no. what, am I, what am I getting at is what you may be asking is that they made the X-Men arcade game available for a short time period. It got pulled from the PlayStation and Xbox stores at some point. Uh, now it was on PS3, but they did re-release it for home use. Uh, and uh, Arcade 1-Up has got their own cabinet that you can buy currently to... Uh, Display in your room and play with all your couple of friends because I don't think that those cabinets are very big for all two of your friends. <laughs> yeah, if you're a grown person, you will squeeze into there. But still, my point being that there has been a couple of re-releases for the X-Men arcade. And also, my point that I would like to make is if you say, what's some of the best RPG games on Super Nintendo? Is Soul Blazer going to make it on any of those lists? Maybe. Well, I mean, it made it on like two, at least. It, well, I'm saying <laughs> if you were like top ten. Hmm. Now, my argument against that is if you said top ten arcade games, hmm. most of the time, one of three beat em up games will land on the top ten arcade games. And it's Ninja Turtles, mm -hmm. X-Men, and it's Simpsons. Yep. And those three are always so interchangeable because ah, they're beat em ups. And, you know, just if I was picking one, I just feel like people would interchange those. I what I'm getting at is I feel like X-Men's going to land on more top 10 lists legacy wise for for arcades than Soul Blazer would land on Super Nintendo RPGs. So, yeah, I'm going to sweep it. Of course. Come on, guys. I've never I didn't play Soul Blazer. Yes. <laughs> X-Men's going to win this one. All right. Another clean sweep. <laughs> May I rebuttal or is that not the point? No, of this? I, I, I would love to hear it. <laughs> not allowed. Yeah, yeah. yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so, number one, great point. <laughs> <laughs> Super valid. Not taking anything away with that. But... <laughs> I was really hoping for like a hardcore like fight back on that to change my mind. Well, I don't know that I'll change your mind. I'll just offer some other perspectives, I suppose. Uh, the thing about the video game industry <laughs> <laughs> is, you know, the people who are designing reports or whatever to modern consoles for digital download, they are definitely going for what is going to make us the most money with the least amount of work, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm not a game dev or game publisher or business person, but this is the way I look at it. And so if you're going to compare <laughs> apples and oranges, X-Men arcade versus Soul Blazer, the obvious answer to any business person is going to be, oh, an X-Men game. May not even matter if it's a good one. <laughs> 
to make that argument of what's going to be remade, there's just a lot more, I think, to be considered than just has this been remade or not, which is maybe not your whole argument, but. Okay, well, let me rebuttal your rebuttal. Yes, please. Pit Fighter hasn't been offered on arcade one up machines. I don't know what that is that I know of Pit Fighter. What I'm getting at is terrible games don't usually get reported. No, 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 I, I wasn't. OK, go ahead. Uh, so, like, I mean, you, you see, like, Limited Run do, like, ports of... There's sometimes they'll do some really crappy ports just because the games are so expensive. But you don't really see mediocre or just terrible games getting ported too often. So, yeah, it's an X-Men property, but I think it, it stands on its own of, like, oh, it's it's a pretty fun, you know, that's that's... I think that's where the the legacy of it all comes in is that mm -hmm. it keeps getting ported and keeps getting brought to the future with us because it was it's it holds its own even though it's an X Men property. Mm. Soul Blazer, interesting. Like, what is it? Tell me what the character looks like in Soul Blazer. He's yellow with blue hair and got a bandana <laughs> and a sword. And he goes, ooh, ooh. I, was just playing this, <laughs> I was playing this game yesterday and I couldn't tell you what the character design is. Like, it's already well, out of my head because it's so plain and basic. Yeah. I mean, this like even I, I look through the, ma the the manual and there's I've never seen anyone cosplay as these characters. I'm sure there have. I'm not saying. But legacy wise, like you don't I, I don't hear anyone saying, oh, this game. Like, I don't hear it. And I listen to like a lot of retro podcasts and I have lots of friends that are in this scene of retro gaming. And this is the first time I've ever had it brought up to my attention. <laughs> mm. That is interesting. Okay, but, but, yeah. but that's just, I mean, you know, I hang out with some, you know, some real bottom of the barrel people. <laughs> some questionable individuals. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> mm. So, yeah. Well, I think all, all good points all around. Yeah, and I mean, that does, I think, extend to this sort of niche. Fuck, what is another term besides hidden gem? <laughs> Lesser known, but good game. Diamond in the rough. Yeah, didn't get its due. Deserves a remake, maybe. I don't know. I guess it's just when you start to talk about what games have been remastered, remade, ported, I just can't get away from sort of the business aspect of like, you know, that's just the world. That's just the Activision EA world we live in of like, they're not necessarily looking like, like I would rather see, you know, to me what's important, but I like it when I see games remade like by fans for not profit for just, oh, we fucking love this game and I'd love to play it. I'd like to mod it so that it can play, but have some sort of the modern quality of life things we're used to. And uh, that to me is a better game or a better legacy than this is a fucking good beat em up with cool characters. And so I think we can sell this to, you know, stupid millennials who waste hundreds of dollars <laughs> on a tiny little <laughs> arcade thing. No judgment because I would totally buy that. Well, I've got a point. What about Secret of, is it Secret of Mana? Mana? Mm -hmm. Whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Never played the game in my life. I know of it because of how many times it's been remade, put on digital stores, it's out there. It's been remade. Why has that one been remade so many times, but not Soul Blazer? Just I don't saying. know why I'm arguing this. I agreed. I went with X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> I do love this game and was glad to see it on this list. I'm just trying to trash on this game. This was like a clean sweep category and you guys have just spent like the last 15 minutes arguing. <laughs> 
I just want to make the internet mad at me on this Soul Gosh, Blazer game. Yeah. Well, if there's nothing else, we're definitely good at that for sure. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, without belaboring the point too much, I think uh, I feel like sometimes it's just a shit. It's like a crapshoot, man. Like sometimes things are just remade and it's like, oh, OK, yeah, cool. We got like the fucking eighth version of Final Fantasy six or whatever. Neat. And maybe like from a cynical perspective, I guess, maybe some of these other games should get remakes. Maybe we should cool it on making the umpteenth version of the same game that everybody's, you know, losing their shit over. Like, I mean, it's only happened once ish, although they're milking it. But like, I didn't really give a shit about an FF seven remake. I'm just going to be honest. Like, I didn't care. And I feel like some other underrepresented games like Soul Blazer, who who are that are fun to play, they are genuinely good experiences, would benefit from this. Like if they had a Soul Blazer HD where they gave it like the Diablo 2 resurrected treatment and just like gave it this real nice new coat of paint, maybe put some quality of life stuff in there, added like visible equipment when you equipped new like yeah. swords and armors and just little bells and whistles and stuff like that, but kept the core of the gameplay pretty much the same. Maybe even went with like a friggin' 2.5D isometric yeah. view or something like that. I think that'd be really cool. I don't think they'll ever do it, but you know, I can kind of see where Ashton's coming from. But at the same time, like, you know, I can also see your point, Toby. So Well, to Toby's point, Trials of Mana was exactly the kind of treatment you want to see for these kind of games. Yes. The yeah. HD remake of that kept the spirit of it, improved it, made it look fucking awesome. Basically the same game, but made it super fun and accessible to modern sensibilities. That is the correct way to do a remaster. And yes, would be fucking awesome for this game. Or it doesn't even have to be this game. Like I sort of like the idea of the spiritual successor. Mm. Like it's not the same IP, but we're we're like unabashedly stealing from this <laughs> right. game that a lot of times it's like the same devs. They just split off or whatever. Sure. Anyway. All right. Can I change my answer? <laughs> I mean, you, you can if you'd like. Nah, nah, I still wouldn't probably. <laughs> okay. Well, after all of that, it's still a clean sweep for X-Men. So there you go. So we are on to our final uh, discussion category before we take one last break and then make the important decision. So. As I said earlier in the episode, this is the head to head category. So if you were sat down and given these two games, which one would you rather play today? Let us start this one with Toby. Toby, what would you choose? Well, since I have recently played them both, you know, the Soul Blazer, it's not bad. Uh, like I've said earlier about being an adult and having very limited time, it's a long game. It's you're going to put several hours into it. I didn't quite finish this game. I didn't get really far in this game. I'll be real honest, but I got enough to like figure <laughs> out the gameplay, figure out how things work. Uh, it, it's a little slow, which I know a lot of people are, are fine with the slow game, but it really feels like I'm wasting time because it's, you're reading a lot of text, like even the intro doesn't have like any cool pictures to like go along with the story that it's telling you. It just feels like, oh, well, I'm reading a lot and not a lot's happening. 
This is like an Applebee's menu argument. You're just like, well, there aren't enough pictures. Well, well the, but like even like when you unlock a new part of the villages or a, a flower or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It cuts away and it's kind of slow and it fades in, which is nice and stuff. But it's like, OK, I get the point. I'm bringing shit back. Go back to me fighting and stuff again. It's just it feels like it's just kind of a, a drag. I'm not saying it's a bad game. I just guess I have. ADHD and I need stuff moving <laughs> at me. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And also because of time, the X-Men game, it, uh, you can, like you said, you can beat it in an hour. If you're playing it, you're more than likely playing it on emulator or your one up machine. So you got unlimited tokens, you know? So I, I feel like, yeah, you're going to die a ton and that's kind of lame, but I still feel like there's, there's some fun to be had. You can play this, that game with a kid. You can play it with friends. You're not just sitting there by yourself with these very slow dragging on <laughs> cutaways to, oh, cool, a squirrel's alive. <laughs> <laughs> and I, look, I'm not trying to shit on Soul Blazer. I know I've been making jokes about it because it, there I do see some fun and positivity in it. But X-Men's just it's a it's a quick game. You don't even have to beat it. Like you can just be like, all right, I'm going to play like 30 minutes of this because, you know, we're about to eat dinner or something. I don't think you can do that with just with Soul Blazer. Just sit down and casually play thirty minutes of it just to get your fix in. Actually, you can you you can actually go back to the save point from any of the monster spawners. So like you can literally just like clear one monster spawn and go save and quit the game. Yeah, it's it's actually one of the features that got pointed out um, as being like a sort of innovative sort of thing to allow for better saves because games at that time definitely did not provide that no i I mean just just as a counterpoint yeah no 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 that that's a good point but i'm just saying like overall like if if you want some action real quick you just throw on the (laughs) x-men game i think it's just more playable i think it's more available to people that maybe don't typically play video games i feel like it'd be more appealing Mm -hmm. even if it was a different property i feel like just a beat-em-up in general is just more appealing than a long rpg like, oh, I've got to put in how many hours to play this game? So I think just the appealing factor to the casual gamer, I, I, I think it goes to X-Men. And, and again, I'm not taking away anything from Soul Blazer. Like you said, there's save points. I like the, the system of how you, when you die, you just you don't lose a bunch of progress. It's not like it's like, oh, shit, I started from a my last save point. So now right. I have to refight all these monsters and crap again. You you just go back in there and you're like, all right, they're taken care of. I got to go back to where I was. So it's got some positives, but like an X-Men looks so good. So playability, I think I think I just go with X-Men. OK, sorry. I'm a fanboy. I don't know. No, nah, I mean, listen, man, you don't, you don't need to apologize for anything. You never apologize for that. That's right. <laughs> uh, all right. I'll go ahead and take it next and yep. then we'll let Ashton close this one out. This one's always actually kind of tough for me in in most of these king of games episodes that i'm involved in because it is kind of a nebulous category a little bit because it's like okay how am i viewing this am i viewing this as is it better to be a game that i can just sit down pick up and play and put down again to to toby's point or am i looking to sit down and get invested in something we're not super clear on on that as far as this category is concerned so it kind of could go one way or the other I suppose now I had phrased it as if this was presented to you. So I guess we're throwing this out the window, but just in a sort of tangentially related, you know, aside, if I had not said that one thing you could consider in this category is the fact that 
it is somewhat more difficult to play X-Men Arcade than Soul Blazer in that even emulating it is a little bit more challenging just because it is an arcade game. That is a very good point. Very good point. However, as far as availability is concerned, I suppose you could make the argument that there is the the, the one up cabinet available. If you are deigned to drop that kind of cash on that or have a friend that did. But at any rate, I feel bad because like I <laughs> I want to give more points. Not that they fucking matter, but I want to give more points to Soul Blazer. But I just I feel like I'm going to have to give this one to to X-Men because like if you just sat me down right now and it's like, all right, which one of these you want to play? I'd be like, yeah, I'll, I'll jump in and, you know, beat up some Sentinels. That sounds like fun. I, I feel like I'd almost equally be apt to want to just jump in and, you know, slash away at some enemies in Soul Blazer, too, because in, in the pantheon of RPGs, I, I first of all, I find it kind of humorous that Toby, you're just like, yes, that's such a fucking long game. I'm like, I think this game took me like maybe eight, ten hours. And in terms of RPGs, that's that, that's an arcade game. For Christ's sake. <laughs> you're so. right. You're right. I just eight, eight hours is, is just exhaustingly long to me when, you know. You got another podcast you got to play games for. Pod, yeah, I'm playing. <laughs> See, that's that's it. I think in, in terms of like, oh, shit, I've got to play a, po- a game in a week, do research and record for it and then work on the next one. So when I hear eight yeah. hour games, even mm. my co-host is like, oh, my God, how are we going to do this? And <laughs> so that that's a little different for me, I guess, because of the nature of me playing games for a podcast. So sure, uh, that's a good point. It's not as. It's not as in-depth as most RPGs. You've got a very fair point on that. Well, and I, I definitely feel you on that front because we're 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 like, we're gonna do an episode on Lunar in January. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> so yeah, I totally get that. First world podcasting problems. I know, right? <laughs> I do think that ultimately my head-to-head point probably gonna go to x-men i think just because i really listen i really really like soul blazer actually like more than i thought i would like it it's i just just sitting down and beating some stuff up as wolverine is pretty enticing so that's (laughs) that's my take all right ashton and a great take yeah like we've maybe said about every category for every person there's different ways you can think about it and there are no rules the points don't matter so (laughs) One thing I do consider with this often is, yes, how am I actually going to play it? Whether it be like for me, I actually tried to research to say, can I find the actual cabinet in real life today to go play? Because I wanted to do that. Mm -hmm. And I had trouble doing that. That's just an area specific thing and whatever availability. Uh, Even if I go the ROM routes, I found like a website where it kind of played but not great i tried figuring out mame meme whatever arcade rom mame yes for some reason it just wasn't working and i didn't put enough time into it to get it to work uh whereas super nintendo roms have been working great for 30 years or almost <laughs> right fair point fair points all that aside i think where i'm gonna land in this category is not just a one-time sit down which one would i want to play but which one would I want to play and then keep playing after I mm. played it once? Ooh, that's a really good point, too. I didn't I didn't think of like continuous play. I was just thinking like, oh, we're sitting down to play this for for now. Right. 
So that's the way I'm going to go. The other way is like, I think is important for this specific episode because I think it's the only arcade game in the tournament is playing in person with people at the arcade versus either playing with yourself or even other people playing Soul Blazer is kind of a consideration. Sure. But either way, my choice is going to go to Soul Blazer because even though I played the game 30 years ago and probably at least once since then, I wanted to keep going back and playing it. And even though I knew what was going to happen, I wanted to keep, you know, saving the squirrels and dolphins and uh, <laughs> little gnomes or whatever. And I didn't even get the whole way through before this episode, but I still I wanted to keep going because because for me, just personally, yes, I love a good beat em up, kind of turn your brain off, punch bad guys, move forward game. I get more out of an RPG experience and the progression, you know, story, sometimes good or bad, whatever. But that progression and that advancement and that next world, next level, next equipment is hard to beat personally. So yeah, for those reasons, when it comes down to this arcade beat em up versus a Super Nintendo RPG, I'm going to give it to Soul Blazer. Awesome. All right. So that brings us to the end of our category uh, rundown and to sum things up at the end of this discussion for the incredibly important point totals. We have essentially a clean sweep across the board for X-Men. So X-Men takes critical reception three to zero, took personal attachment slash experiences two to one, another three to zero in legacy and a two to one in head to head. So X-Men across the board. Now, keep in mind, that does not necessarily mean that it is going to actually win this head to head matchup and move on into the next bracket. But you never know. So we're going to go ahead and take one final break and then we'll be back and we will have our last deliberations. We are back for the final deliberations on X-Men Arcade versus Soul Blazer. Two games enter, one game leaves, goes on to the next bracket. And so, as we said, even though X-Men took a clean sweep through each of our categories, anything could happen right now. We, we may end up moving something else on. Who knows? So uh, let's go ahead and uh, kick things off with Ashton. Ashton, which one of these games do you believe deserves to move on in this tournament? Oh, I was kind of hoping you'd do me last. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nope, you're on the spot now. <laughs> so I have been sort of thinking this whole time about the King of Games and wanting to be very objective, like what is the best for gamer, capital G, <laughs> retro gaming, capital RG, and be very fair, objective. And, and balanced, one yeah, might say. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the Soul Blazer and I remember it fondly. It still plays good today. It uh, somewhat it's up there, I think, in the like shaping of my tastes and memories of playing Super Nintendo games and RPGs and stuff. I think a lot of the games in that series from that development company hold a special place in my heart. Mm. However, oh, I think every episode in this tournament of 92 has this. However, or having said all that, or <laughs> whatever, because there's a lot of good games. Yeah, again, I, get, I think being clear-minded, objective, fair, for whatever reason, I want to give it to X-Men. 
And I love Soul Blazer and think it's a great game and I think it deserves recognition. But as far as advancing and continuing in this tournament, I guess I want to give it to X-Men. Soul Blazer has kind of done its thing and that's it. While X-Men thrives and even the game itself has been remade and uh, it still plays great today. As far as what games will continue to succeed and do well, I think X-Men probably stands a better chance. Yeah, and it being one of the few arcade games actually gives it a little bit of oomph for me that it is that good. It stands out as if we're going to pick an arcade game from that year or era, that X-Men kind of comes up on top. That's why I would pick X-Men to continue. I'm going to be honest, I did not expect that. Yeah, I wasn't real sure either. Your, your, your however threw me for a loop. <laughs> so it's going for, I think. All right. Well, that is one for X-Men. I guess I'll put myself in the possibly un, unenvious position of going last. So, Toby, <laughs> tell us about what your decision is. Okay, so on the podcast I'm a part of, the Secret Levels podcast. I usually like try to break down our reviews into a couple of categories. I've got gameplay, music, graphics, story, different gameplay mechanics, and controls. So just to do it real fast, gameplay, I feel like there's a little more gameplay elements for Soul Blazer. You get upgrades, you get, there, there's more to it, mm -hmm. right? So I feel like gameplay would win that one. What I've heard of the music in Soul Blazer sounds very uh, like a cheap synthesizer, like piano thing. It sounds like the loops that are already on there. How dare you? <laughs> I did not dig the music. <laughs> How dare you? I'm Somebody sorry. Somebody just plugged in a Casio keyboard. and Yeah, they didn't play it. They just hit the loop. <laughs> like, you know, they put zero, zero, three, and then it was just like. Doo, doo, doo. Uh, did you notice? Listen, did you notice that when you save the world and beat the boss, it changes key? It modulates to a major oh. key instead of a minor key. Brilliant. Ooh. Come on. Ooh, that's some <laughs> innovative stuff there. <laughs> so I'm just saying, and music would definitely go to X Men. Graphics, I mean, come on, that's going to go to X-Men. Mm. Story-wise, I, I think that's really a tie because depending on, you know, do you want a really long in-depth story about the, the, basically the devil, I guess, uh, tricking the king into turning people into nothing? I don't know. Then X-Men, you're just fighting baddies. So I, I don't know. You're not playing either of these games for the story. I like that you are equating the 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 plot slash writing of Welcome to Die to <laughs> to the plot of Fight Soul Blazer as I mean, a tie. Listen, listen, <laughs> X Men is just that I'll concede on. X Men, you just you know there's bad guys, they're doing bad things, and that's all you need to know. Like you don't really need the story. Just bad guys doing bad things. I'm sure there is more of a story. I just don't remember it because put in a quarter. Let's get this going. Sure. So I'm just that's why I'm just saying tie on that because, you know, whatever. <laughs> Different gameplay mechanics. I didn't get too deep into seeing if there was any extra gameplay mechanics for Soul Blazer. So I'm not going to add that. Now, controls. Controls are pretty straightforward on X-Men. I had issues <laughs> navigating around the controller for Soul Blazer. I felt like I kept opening up the menu by accident. Mm. And just the magic at the beginning of the, of the game where it spins around you and you have to like aim it. Yeah, that is kind of horseshit. And you have to be facing the right way. It's not easy to manage. And you can really cheap the game a lot if you get lined up off 
like everything moves in in squares it feels like but if you yeah. get in between the the pixels you can be kind of off center from when the enemies come out of the portals and because your sword has a weird diagonal slash you can cheap the game a lot and just stand there and I don't, I don't know. That was actually my strategy for quite a few of those. <laughs> that's a plus, right? That's and see, a bonus. That, that just, that, <laughs> that's a bonus. That just feels cheap. Like, yeah, yeah I don't yeah. know. There's no real strategy to playing. But then you'd look at X-Men and what, are you jumping and kicking? Are you, you know, there's, it's the same thing. I just think that the controls feel better for X-Men. <sighs> I mean, Everyone knows I'm going to go with X-Men, but I I did try (laughs) to like separate them and try to figure out categories to see like which one balance out more. And I just feel like gameplay wise, there's more out of Soul Blazer. But I just think that over overall graphics and music and what a video game I feel like should be is X-Men. All right. All fair points. So so I guess that means this is less about who's going to win and whether or not X-Men is going to sweep this. (laughs) So my my thoughts on these, I feel like in retrospect, I have said this a number of times on these King of Games episodes, and that is that I (laughs) I thought I had this like preconceived idea of how this was all going to go coming into it and then having actually experienced both of the games, uh, my opinion changed. It's not the first time that that that's occurred. I much like Toby had not ever heard anything about Soul Blazer up until very, very recently. And so in my mind, I was just like, oh, okay, whatever. This is a throwaway episode. Like, let's just move X-Men on and be done with it. I mean, it's kind of it's still fucking happening. But the point is, <laughs> is that there's there's more to Soul Blazer than I thought that there was. And True. if if for nothing else, I guess I am glad that it made it into this this top uh top what are we top 16 i think top 20 top 16 something like that sure I, i'm glad that it made it there because at the very least that gives it a little bit of recognition that i do honestly believe that it deserves like yes it does have that early super nintendo feel in a lot of cases like some of the mechanics like we were just talking about like the fact that you can stand facing away from an enemy and if you do it the right way you're sword has some kind of weird backswing for some reason and you can cheese the ai such as it is just little things like that uh but on the whole it is actually a really great solid little action rpg like i said has fantastic pacing it feels good to play like you you're constantly making progress and it really doesn't ask a whole lot of your time in terms of rpgs So I'm glad that it was here, but yeah, this is all really just belaboring the point to say that obviously (laughs) I think I'm going to have to give X-Men a clean sweep on this one because it it is in terms of games from 1992 or even just in general, but especially in this particular category that we're talking about, it's, it's pretty important. It was a big game. And if we're talking about what deserves to move on in this tournament, X-Men absolutely does compared to some of the other ones that we have. And unfortunately, definitely compared to Soul Blazer. I think (sighs) Soul Blazer got left behind in 1992, which is unfortunate. And maybe someday we will see a uh, Trials of Mana slash not Wind Waker, but what is it? Well, Wind Waker was good, too. But the the more recent Zelda remake that I was just thinking of Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening. Yes, Link's Awakening. Some some sort of treatment like that. I would buy that like day one for sure. But until that time, it's got to be X-Men. 
That means that we have officially selected X-Men to move on to the second bracket of King of Games 1992. I suppose I would like to take this moment to thank both of you for being here and for for participating in this tournament as we as we go forward. It is it is always a pleasure talking with you guys, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to see where the rest of this thing goes. Thanks for hosting, Shane. Did a great job your first time. You knocked it out of the park. You are a great host. Aw, you guys are so <laughs> sweet. Unlike sex, your first time was amazing and great, and your partners are thoroughly satisfied. That is <laughs> unfortunately very true. <laughs> uh, well, let's see. Uh, so I suppose we usually give an opportunity to uh, have folks plug some stuff i mean i don't need to do shit because you 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 know where we are as far as that concerns so if you're listening to this then you're you're already here i don't need to tell you anything what ashton do you do you do you you have some things going on on the side that i don't know about Hmm? some ventures deals drugs yeah yeah besides my drugs uh Besides all the drugs, I help this up and coming podcast called the Retro Hangover Podcast. They're oh, awesome. they're great! You should check them out. Yeah, I never heard of them. Oh, yeah, who's yeah. that? They're great. You should check them out. <laughs> <laughs> you should re-listen to all the episodes and then up your Patreon to reflect that. Yeah, say, <laughs> uh, go back and re-listen sometime after like episode twenty-ish. <laughs> that's that's pr- that's probably good. Right around there. I think I started editing around the hundreds. So. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I see how it is. Okay. Right. Okay, great. So Toby. Yeah. What what do you what do you do on the internet that, well, that you're allowed to tell people about? Oh, okay. Well, I I can't tell you about all the other fun stuff I do. Well, I do I do a couple of podcasts. Oh. I do the Secret Levels podcast, which is a retro video game review show. Where me and my lovely co-host, Goobs, uh, you know, we break down games and we make a lot of um, penis jokes as we do. That sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> First of its kind. <laughs> uh, we just uh, look at games that maybe we haven't played. Uh, sometimes we go over Bubsy. I don't know. It's it's a good time. <laughs> Uh, but forget about that show. Let me tell you the important show. Me and my kids started a horror movie review podcast called Rewind or Die. <laughs> nice. That's a good name. I like that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we it's they're like 20 minute episodes. He's 12 and he loves horror movies. So we just talk about horror movies. You know, it's cute. Go listen to that. That sounds fun. Don't just whatever on secret levels. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to make Goob so mad and I love it. No, no, no. Uh, you can go to badsecretmedia.com and you can find everything we do. We have some older shows. I have an old show called Secret Transmission. I brought it up about the paranormal and conspiracies and stuff. Goobs has other shows on there too called The Derailers. We've, we're just podcast whores. That's it. We just do a bunch of stuff. If you like stuff, we got stuff. So... Uh, yeah, we hope that you come check us out and listen to stuff that we do and talk into microphones. Beautiful. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Well, that brings us to a close. So until next time, welcome to die.